We are now on air. Time for a total takeover. It's finally here. Welcome to a new episode. It's about to go down. Well, ladies and gentlemen, good morning. God bless you and yours. And this is the Dan Adams Show. It is Wednesday. And we got to get over that hump. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? And speaking of humps and individuals on the left who just need to just stay quiet, be quiet. Just before I started this recording, I posted something on social media. And I'm paraphrasing myself. Slow to speak, slow to anger. But let me take it one step further. Slow to speak so you don't end up sounding uneducated and ignorant. And this clip right here from the Vice President of the United States of America, Kamala Harris, shows you in great detail and specificity when you should shut your mouth and don't speak. After that clip, may the video clip blitz begin. God bless you and yours. And, you know, for, for those of us of faith, I think that we, we agree, many of us, that there's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith or change their faith. There's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith or change their faith. And, you know, for, for those of us of faith, I think that we, we agree, many of us, that there's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith or change their faith. So speaking of which, and this is, we talked about this, I think she's a, a traitor when people talk about yep. the idea of insurrection. I think this is treason. So remember Eileen Goo? Oh, yeah, Goo. bitch. Yes, but she's attractive. So she was an American-born <laughs> skier. Remember, she decided to ski for China. Yeah. In the Olympics, uh, which yeah, she she was born in the United States, and this is the problem with identity politics, where it's just no, no, no it's not about your values, it's not about where you're actually born, it's about you know uh, just your race or certain superficial features. We want to categorize you by that. So she decided to race for China as opposed to the United States, mm -hmm. and here is what she had to say about that decision back then. Here's a refresher. Born in San Francisco to an American father and a Chinese mother, Eileen announced in 2019 that she would ski for China at the Beijing Games. The opportunity here for the sport to grow and to be one of those idols who really made me who I am as a skier, it, I know the impact that they had on me. Yeah, so she decided, and she got a, a you know, a, she got a, a contract with Victoria's Secret. Is oh, the Chinese really? girl behind the white girl we just saw five pictures of? <laughs> <laughs> I assume so. Okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> Hiding behind a mogul. Yeah. Skiing on top of a nuclear reactor at the Beijing Games. Oh, I love how gosh. we just pick the most oppressed part of you and you're that. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just, no, okay. Well, she picked the most oppressed part yeah. of her, but then decided to say, hey, I want to represent China. Really? really? Well, here's the thing. She never spoke out against China and their gross abuses of human rights. No, 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 no. Um, she is hot. Now. Yes. I mean, I just wanted to throw that in there because it is relevant. I want you to, I want to... I want you to see me as a credible witness. Because if I said she's ugly, then you'd be like, well, they just have to discount everything he says. Well, it's true. Yeah, it's she's, true. I, it doesn't mean she's smart. No, she's very attractive. and she's very uh, good at skiing. Treasonous. Yes. Well, here's the thing. Here's the kicker. Send her uh, to my jail. She's back in the United States. Your pay less. 
Yes. Goo, as she's uh, known. That's her uh, That's her nickname. Goo. That's her last name. She's back in the United States now, and she's decided that she's going to be an ambassador for Salt Lake City's Olympic bid. So now she's, she's, now she's American again. Oh. The U.S. is going for the Winter Olympic Games in Salt Lake City in 2030, trying to get that host. If the Olympics are in the U.S. in 2030, any chance you switch to, switch to our side? It's funny that you mentioned that because um, I am actually an ambassador for the Salt Lake City 2030 oh, wow. Olympic okay. bid. Um, and I think that that's this beautiful example of globalism and bid yourself of the capacity a soul. that we can use skiing globalism. and we can use wow. sport and beautiful. we can use winter sport to connect people. It's oh, about um, Salt Lake specifically wants to become a global destination goo. for athletes <laughs> everywhere to come train there. And they want to incorporate 15 new countries into the Winter Olympics. And I think that's something that's really beautiful. And I've always stood for that. incorporate you and into so the I'm asphalt. And so I'm really honored to be a part of the whole thing. And we'll see if it goes ahead. Now, this is all figurative, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Does she know? Why is she allowed to be an ambassador for the United States for anything? Yeah. Think about that for a second. We went from, and by the way, this whole idea that we've always been this incredibly racist nation, even before the Civil Rights Act, think about World War II was about to go into the, was about to go into the war front. It was supposed to be the Eastern Front. Joe Lewis, the most beloved athlete in all the United States, and he was fighting Max Schmeling, who was basically sort of made a de facto representative of the Nazis. This was yeah. a huge fight. Think about, let me, I've talked about this before in the past, but for people who don't know, let me give you a little bit of a history lesson, okay? Joe Lewis had the biggest fights, the biggest sporting events that had ever taken place was black in the 1930s and the 1940s, okay? Yeah. He was beloved by the United States. Doesn't mean that there aren't individual racists. I right, highly sure. recommend Joe Lewis's biography. It's incredibly fascinating. It shows you the kind of racism that he encountered really? in Detroit versus and You gave it to me. It's a really good read. Talked yeah. about how he wasn't referred to as the N-word until he moved to Detroit. Yep. He also went, was proud to fight for his country, unlike Muhammad Ali. And instead, after he, uh, he won this fight with Max Schmeling, they decided to make him more of an ambassador for morale for the troops, which makes sense. And yeah. then afterwards, it's also a great lesson in how the tax man decides to rape you. Because Joe Lewis did a bunch of exhibition fights to raise money for, I believe it was the troops, for charity. And instead, they decided they had to pay taxes on it, so we had to return from retirement. So th this is what happens with wartime heroes. They're never really appreciated, just like Winston Churchill was ousted within two years because, hey, he fought off the Nazis. He didn't want to support socialized health care. But I want to give you this context. Eileen Gu decides to abandon her country to be a traitor, a treasonous traitor. Then she decides to ski for China, and now she's ambassador of the United States. Joe Lewis, a black American, beloved, was fighting a guy named Max Schmeling, if you don't know this. Let's... Let's have them pull this clip for Mug Club later on. Uh, I don't know if they have the first fight. It might have been before it, really it was televised. It's an extraordinary story what he did. Too. It, it, it really, really is. is. yeah. So Joe Lewis, undefeated, okay, at this point in his career. He's about to go to Europe, World War II. And he's fighting the only guy to have beaten him, a guy named Max Schmeling. Knocked him out. Joe Lewis hadn't lost any other fights except for a guy named Max Schmeling, who is now the representative of the Aryan race. So people know about Jesse Owens. They don't know about Joe Lewis versus Max Schmeling. A lot of people don't anyways. So he's about to go into World War II. He's been drafted. Hitler's saying, look, we're going to show our racial superiority with Max Schmeling versus your American. And he didn't say black guy back then. He said American Negro. We're going to show how much better we are. The Americans rallied behind Joe Lewis. There was so much pressure on this guy as the representative of his country. The president called him and said, you, you got to win this, man. I don't think there's ever been a more consequential moment in sports history. But can you imagine if Joe Lewis just said... Oh, you know what? I'm going to, uh, instead, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go fight for uh, China. I'm going to go fight for Germany. And then come back. Yeah. And then come back. He would have been absolutely excoriated, rejected by yeah. the American public.
Well, and the argument that she's making is she's like, I wanted to be an idol for young girls over there to be able to. How about being a spokesperson? They don't have young girls. They drown them in bathtubs. Yes, exactly. Right. For their, their one China policy that they had. I know they've moved on from that a little bit late, but they wouldn't have even had the chance to ski over there. No. She was taking well, advantage of the United States, all of the training facilities, everything, and then she left. And by the way, if they're skiers in China, they don't get to pick it. It's no. when they're born. They go, oh, you have good joint structure. You're a gymnast. You work in coal mine. You're a skier. You don't have a choice. Yeah. But even then, a, a country that was, you know, arguably much harder on, on a race than... He wouldn't have crossed Joe Lewis's mind. No. No. Never would have. That's the difference. And, you know, and you're right. It is the most pivotal moment in sports history because it made Hitler go... Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is this all? Am I wrong? Was oh, Schmeling no. just a just a just a pussy boy? Oh, we yeah. just so rough. Oh, and by the way, you should know Joe Lewis won that fight, knocked out uh, exactly. Max Schmeling, I yeah. believe, in the first round, cold with a strong right hand. Well, and, and then imagine he was the shot. Uh, of, yeah, <laughs> there's no bigger pressure. No, you're fighting. The Nazis with right. your fist. Yeah. It, it's insane. It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. And yeah. now we have someone who wants to ski for China because she can get a Victoria's Secret catalog. By the way, Chinese women don't need you as an inspiration. Do you know what their inspiration is to be skiers? Their government kills their family if they don't ski. Yeah. It's chosen for them. This is something that this is just how tone deaf and yes, primarily white Eileen Gu is. You think of in the United States because women have choices. You want to inspire young women. Not just to make the choice to be a skier, but inspire them, hopefully, to be disciplined, to do the hard work when nobody's paying attention after the excitement is worn off. You don't need to inspire that in China. They have no choice. They get punished. They get their rights removed from them. And their families are punished if they don't ski for the country. Yeah. The it's thing- 99% perspiration, 1% death threats against your family. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, those death threats, they carry a lot of weight. The thing that she could have done was inspire people to be free. Yeah. To have a government that allowed them to make these choices in their life. Like you were saying, they, they, this is just forced. And I think she's mis- – she's, I don't know that I believe this because this is the first time – and we covered this story when it came out. This is the first time that she said this. This is the first time that I've heard her say this. Maybe let me be a little bit more clear that this is what she was wanting to do. We looked at it and it was like she's going to get millions and millions and millions of dollars – and China doesn't have dual citizenship. No. They're didn't. either Chinese citizen or you're not. Right. I don't know how she's not a Chinese citizen right now. Why is she allowed back? There. Why did we accept her? I assume that if she's going to be an ambassador for the Salt Lake did you say Salt Lake City? Salt Lake City. For the Salt Lake for City. For the United States. For, why is she allowed to be back? She would walk in like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Let me take you to the uh, you know there's we have a we have a yen room. Eileen Gu, ah. it's filled with yen. She just goes in like, oh, no, it's just the Abu Ghraib. As soon as she goes in, a hood and yeah, a German yeah. shepherd barking at her. Did we say yen room? We meant Abu Ghraib. We're sorry. <laughs> Whoops. And this is a oh. this is a oh, it's the Vietnamese weekend. dong yeah. room. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Hope you like torture. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Instead, we accept them back. Yeah. We accept these people back who rejected their country and then want to come back for the milk and honey to that they rejected. To promote globalism. Yeah, to promote yeah, globalism. Because that's, that's a good idea. That's the creepiest part about it. Do you want to know what globalism is? Okay, when she talks about it, and this is a very clear-cut example, right? So seldom do you have people this blissfully unaware of themselves and stupid. So she's saying globalism. She's talking about China because she's out for her own self-interest. Globalism is having someone right next to you with festering leprosy sores and saying, yeah, I want to link arms with that. Do you want leprosy or do you not? Well, one's globalism and one says, "Uh, you know what? We don't want to link arms with countries that don't share our values and kill their own citizens and commit. How can you talk about the United States being flawed, which we are as it relates to human rights or our history, and say, I think globalism is a beautiful thing. Hold on. 
Are you still bitching about slavery centuries ago here? You know they still have slaves there, right? You, you know that? I don't want to hear you bitching about shit that we did 100 years ago or 200 years ago as you profit off of modern indentured servitude. I'm so tired of this shit. I, have, I hate China. I was going to go to your calls, mea culpa, apologies, but we've got the guy on the line who broke the story about Colbert's nine, nine employees getting arrested by the Capitol Police, so we have got to talk to that man. But first, they're taking over the corporations. The woke mob that took over the schools and the universities are now using their ideological tactics from Disney to American Express to turn those into political organizations as well. New ideas like ESG. If you don't know what it is, you need to check out this new website from our buddies at the Job Creators Network. It is rockthewoke.com. These corporations need to get back to business, not politics. And they need to understand that we, the normal Americans, not the extremists, are the people who make them their money. Check out this amazing new initiative from JCN at rockthewoke.com. That's rockthewoke.com. He is the founder of justthenews.com. We did an hour-long special with him last week. If you haven't seen it, you've got to go to Rumble. You've got to go to Spotify. And he's always breaking news. Every time he comes on, he's teasing one. He's just broken one. Let's talk about what he broke last week. John Solomon, welcome back to America First. Yeah, uh, thanks, Sam. Good to be with you. I really enjoyed that interview last week, too. Thanks for super for fun. Time. Super fun to uh, yeah. let our millions of listeners get to see, you know, another side of, of, of John Solomon. So help me Thank with you. this story because it's. Uh, it's something doesn't compute here. Nine people from an alleged comedy show breaking into a congressional building that's closed after hours. Tell us, the, tell us as much as you can. We sure will. Listen, we're coming up on the 21st anniversary of 9-11 where we said we were going to harden all of our installations. Just think of what's happened in the last four, two weeks. We got word from the uh, Customs and Border Protection Agency that 15 terrorists, people with 15, yeah. 15 people that were on the FBI terrorists, were able to cross the border uh, uh, before they were interdicted. Uh, one of them, we know, got away, and they had to be tracked down after the fact. Uh, now a comedy crew gets in not once but twice, breaches the Capitol security on a single day. They get kicked out once. They come back. It looks like Democrats facilitated their secret entry into the Capitol. Uh, and now uh, there are nine members of Colbert's staff that were arrested and booked on unlawful entry to the Capitol. While the booking is interesting in the headline, the mentality that our Capitol, after J6, after 9-11, could be so easily penetrated by a bunch of goofballs on a comedy show, uh, tells you what sophisticated terrorists or people with true bad intentions might be able to do. It's what every lawmaker in every Capitol police cop I've been talking to in the last month been saying, Capitol security is no better today than it was on January 5th, which, well, is pretty bad. Two questions. Do we have any idea what these people working for Stephen Colbert were planning? And B, after January the 9th, let's not forget, you know, speaker, the incumbent speaker is actually in command, is responsible. She is. She She fired. She fired the chief after January the 6th. Have there been any uh, personnel consequences from this, this failure again? Not none whatsoever as of today. I mean, we're continuing to report and ask what, what was the crew doing? I think they were trying to do some mocking skips in front of people's offices like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim uh. Jordan, people like that. 
So yeah, they you know they were in the building for un undeclared uh, purposes. Uh, they got kicked out once they came back a second time. You have to be pretty uh, determined uh, to have the police kick you out once and then come back and do it a second time. And here's the real accountability. Every person that was involved in getting him in the building should be held accountable as well. And that means the Democratic congressmen's offices that let them in. Because CBS told us in the statement when we broke the story that they were let in by Democratic congressmen. So there well, needs on, to be on, some accountability. On. Yeah. Hang on. What about the uh, the parallel with the false accusations against Congressman Loudermilk? Uh, the exactly. tours around the Capitol, which were represented as casing the joint for January the 6th. Yeah. Well, well, surely if, if he was in trouble back then for something he didn't do, in this case, Democrats let these people in. They did. The, the double standard is, well, beyond belief, right? It's a, and I'm going to have another story tonight. We're going to find out tonight. We're going to put these documents in the public for everybody to see that a prom a Democratic congressman's prominent staff member, a staff member, was involved in unlawful activity or what the Capitol Police believed to be unlawful activity in the Capitol on multiple times. It was caught on videotape. He was referred for prosecution. That's a big deal when the Capitol Police refer a congressional staffer to prosecution. The same U.S. Attorney's Office that prosecuted all the J6 um, defendants passed and declined to prosecute wow. this Democratic staffer. We're going to have that whole story for people tonight when they wake up in the morning. There is a double standard. We saw it in Russia. Now we see it in the Capitol. And here's the scarier thing. The more this goes on, the laxer security becomes, the laxer people's sensibilities are to keeping the Capitol secure. If you're a Capitol cop, why keep turning in people if they're going to be let go right. or if they're going to come back without consequence? Um, this is a security uh, storm brewing in uh, right in front of our very eyes. So when can I expect that text from you that that story's gone live, John? <laughs> Hopefully in a few hours, certainly before bedtime, maybe okay, a little earlier. Okay, well, you know, you know me, I'm a night owl. When it comes to you are indeed. When it comes to January the 6th, uh, you've been observing the, the hearings. What are your expectations? Is this going to fizzle out? Are the viewing fingers continuing to diminish? What, what is your prognostication? Yeah, listen, it's, it's not connecting at all with the American people. They're right. worried about what's the price of what's going in the gas tank, whether they can afford to put the uh, items in the grocery cart. Democrats are doing the Republicans a favor. In fact, I was with a Republican today. You know what he said? The best thing we can do is just get out of Joe Biden the Democrats' way. They're going to hand us the election. They're missing the opportunity to talk to the American people about what really matters. Americans figured out what happened at the Capitol real quickly. They're pretty smart. Some bad people did some bad things. That's what happened at the Capitol. Hearings 18 months later when the world's aflame with inflation is a poke in the eye of every honest American. The Democrats are disconnected. They're letting Donald Trump in their head, and they can't get him out. And as a, matter, and as a, as a result, they're probably going to pay a dear political price in the fall. And the disagreement between the chairman and Cheney on as to whether charges will be brought against President Trump or others, how do you expect yeah. that to, sh to ha shake out? Well, we'll have to wait and see. I think a lot will depend on where is Nancy Pelosi, because she ultimately would decide yes. this, the chairman ultimately will say. Uh, it's interesting. It shows you they don't even have their own team on the same page, let alone the American people, which are looking for an entirely different storyline than this. Uh, but, you know, it's been a weak committee. It's made a lot of mistakes. It falsely accused Mr. Uh, Congressman Laudermilk. It falsely accused Bernie Carrick earlier. Uh, I can't remember another investigative hearing that made so many blunders on national television, and I suspect they're not done.
and an ad. I can't remember any other hearing with such ballyhoo that didn't swear in its star witnesses. Very, yeah. very strange. Follow him at J Solomon Reports, justthenews.com, and the book is Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and the Washington Lies that Enriched the Clinton and Biden Dynasties. Nonsense. Economists know it. Nonsense. The only people that don't seem to know it's nonsense is the White House. I don't mean to get personal. I just think they'll do anything they can not to improve... Right. The production exactly. of oil and gasoline. Exactly. Okay, they'll exactly. they'll do anything. anything, and it's absolutely crazy. It's I just, just want crazy. Just, I've got one minute left. I want to get this in. Democrat Congressman James Clyburn blames the current inflation on former President Trump. Just listen to this, Larry. Roll tape. Is the country headed toward a recession? We know what a deep hole uh, that we were in. I know uh, how uh, flawed uh, our healthcare system. Uh, was in trying to get uh, the, the virus under control. I know how inept the previous administration was when it came to getting uh, out in front of this virus. We got ourselves into a deep hole, and in order to get out of that hole, we had to ratchet up spending. Oh, well, you heard it. It's Trump's fault, and to get out of the hole, we've got to ratchet up spending. Last word to you, Larry. You've got 30 seconds. I think it's fabulous. Good for Mr. Clyburn. It's a very precise, solid, analytical piece of work. Listen, when Donald Trump, that also was a joke. When Donald Trump left the White House, when Donald Trump, well, what else? You can't take this stuff seriously. When Trump left the White House, and for the duration of his term, the inflation rate was always under 2%, for heaven's sakes. What is he talking about? And Operation Warp Speed put us on the road to recovery, and he handed Biden a six and a half percent economy six and a half percent right, in right. the first quarter of 2021 and they had to pour on two trillion dollars which created this massive inflation they miss I mean, it's, it's a head scratcher it. it's they a head scratcher Stu. it is well you if, sort if of i had a, you, if i had any hair it's a hair that is passive aggression taken to the level of art and anyway colbert says shut up i'm a his i'm a comedian with a toy dog you can't criticize me so the question really is, is Stephen Colbert a comedian? Well, if you're one of the relatively few people who still watches Stephen Colbert's show on CBS, you'll have to admit it is hard to tell. Most nights, Stephen Colbert sounds like the notably unfunny Karine Jean-Pierre. He sounds like a Biden flack, delivering whatever talking points the White House tells him to repeat. And if you doubt that, here's what it looks like. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden did it. <laughs> The biggest story continues to be the one you were thinking about when you weren't sleeping last night. And it's the one happening all over America. The protests in wake of the murder of George Floyd. And please don't buy the false narrative that these are lawless mobs. The vast majority of these protests have been peaceful. There's a simple, if extremely difficult, solution. Reduce the number of guns. We've done it before, and it worked. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is a humanitarian crisis, but also it is a triumph of humanity. Take that, Putin. Okay, so I might have the most privilege of any white person you've ever met. You're, you're, How do I identify that in my own life? Because I, if, if I have white privilege, I want to be able to identify it. Give me some hints as to my white privilege.
surrender your guns, support Ukraine. And remember, it's called Kiev now. This isn't comedy. It's a very sad midlife crisis. But more than that, it's information war being waged against television viewers on behalf of the Democratic Party. At least when the White House press secretary does it, she admits what she's doing. Colbert hides behind his former job as a comedian. It was all a joke. When people, I don't like, break into the Capitol, it's insurrection. When we do it, it's sketch comedy. Right. It's getting harder to maintain that lie. And here's how you know. Comedians have a sense of humor. It is, in fact, a job requirement. But Stephen Colbert does not. Stephen Colbert has lost his sense of humor, along with the critical distance and perspective that make humor possible. At this point, he's just a partisan scold. And you know that for certain, because even as he watched the QAnon shaman parade around the Capitol on January 6th, Stephen Colbert did not laugh. Now, an actual comedian, whatever his politics, would have found that spectacle hilarious because, let's be honest, it was. Hey! Hey, man. Glad to see you guys. You guys are patriots. Look at this guy. He's got covered in blood. God bless you. Yes, sir. You good, sir? You need medical attention? I'm good. Thank you. All right. I got shot in the face. Where are they? I got shot in the face with some kind of plastic bullet. Any chance I could get you guys yeah. to leave the Senate wing? We will. I've been making sure they ain't disrespecting the place. Okay. Just want to let you guys know this is like the sacredest place. Hey! This is the guy in the bearskin and the horn hat. That's not hilarious? Yes, it is hilarious. No, he's a seditious insurrectionist, said Colbert. He needs to go to jail. He's a terrorist. And when he was sent to jail, Colbert applauded. Now, that's how Maoist cadres act. That's not how comedians act. So Stephen Colbert may be a late night host still for some reason, but he has zero sense of humor. He ought to step aside and let some young person who still gets the joke to have the job, but he won't. He was Colbert on November 6, 2020. Watch. And if you did not know that Joe Biden was getting close to 270, Donald Trump just provided all the proof you will ever need. True story. I'm wearing black tonight because I was getting dressed this afternoon and I thought he might try some shenanigans and it might be fitting to tell jokes while wearing something somber if he goes down that dark path. So we all knew he would do this. What I didn't know is that it would hurt so much. Those are real tears. The only real thing about that show. We're not trying to belabor the point, but the guy's not a comedian. You watch a comedian, you think that guy's hilarious. I'd love to meet him. Imagine eating a meal with Stephen Colbert. Chances are you somehow offend him over the course of a typical dinner by saying something he finds offensive. What are the chances of that? 100%. Stephen Colbert is a Karen. He's a brittle middle-aged woman who's always lecturing you about something. In fact, he's Elizabeth Warren. They even look alike. Have you seen them in the same room recently? No. Sad. He was talented at one point. So was Robert Smigel. That's one of the Colbert employees who was also arrested last week. Smigel's been doing his dog puppet routine for 30 years. That's the one that Colbert is now hiding behind. It was just a dog puppet. The dog puppet was kind of funny during the Clinton administration. It is pure hackery now. Smigel keeps going because he's got a political message for you. I'm going to beat you over the head with my political message. Ah! No one laughs at Robert Smigel anymore. It's pathetic. Who's funnier? 
Robert Smigel or the guy who took pictures of himself at Nancy Pelosi's desk on January 6th? Be honest. It's not even close. The guy at Pelosi's desk is hilarious compared to the guy with the talking dog. And none of them is half as funny, again, sorry, it's true, as Donald Trump. And how do you know that? Show us the late night host who said anything half as amusing as Trump's Taco Bowl tweet. Yes. Come on. Let me take your hand and I'll lead the way Bringing hip-hop soul to the break of day Just leave those worries far behind And feel the heat of the summertime Let me take your Rhyme into the as I bring you the food that keeps you in the mood for this hip hop soul dude's control. The betterment of all mankind, totally dependent on this rhyme, searching for the next big thing. Melodic and rhyme, and yes, he can sing. Let me take your hand and I'll lead the way, bringing hip hop soul to the break of day. Just leave the Transmission, rough, rugged, and war. Let's explore. The name is show enough, and that's for sure. Replicate, demonstrate, overcompensate, deviate. Let me penetrate, infiltrate. Somewhat complicate, but I'm keeping it real. Let yes. me take your hand, and I'll lead the way. Bringing hip hop soul to the Summertime